It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub with three locations one on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non invasive scan today. For peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com and by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. And welcome to Sports X Radio. It is another Friday football fiasco. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, live PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. PSBRlaw.com. That's right. Go there. The best in personal injury. You may not need them now, but you may need them in the future. Over $3.5 billion in verdicts and settlements for their clients the past decade. Strength by your side. The relentless pursuit of justice. 702 area, 702 area code. You got that down. I got to get it down. 830-9353. 830-9353. Jot that down for future reference. The best in personal injury. Brian Panish, senior partner, will be joining KT in October, he tells me. So we'll look forward to that. KT with Brad Powers, at Brad Powers 7 You can also follow at SportsX Radio. And then at Ken Thompson 87 no P in the last name, Thompson. And uh, we will have the archive version of the Friday Football Fiasco up by 11 o'clock Pacific time tonight. So if you miss any part of it, you can go back, listen to what Brad and I gave out over the air. And also, we've got the weather, we've got injuries, we've got all the college games, 45 of them. We'll go in rotation order. We'll go right into the 15 NFL games. Brad Power Sporting. The old creamsicle Tampa Bay Buccaneers hat. And, of course, KT, a USC diehard. John McKay, one of my favorites, and he was coach of that team. Ricky Bell, great running back. BP, great to see you on another Friday. Yeah, I mean, classic on uh, NFL, uh, the old NFL films, you know, John McKay and those Tampa Bay teams, you know. You know, we couldn't tackle today, but we made up for it by not blocking anybody. Isn't that great? Stuff, yeah. Are you uh, – how do you feel about the team's execution? I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah. Another great one. Yeah, he had some good ones. Not as many as Yogi. Yogiisms are still the best. And uh, but John McKay did have some great ones. All right. So weather. Jot these down. And again, things are subject to change. And remember, we tape this show Friday mornings at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. We tape this show on Fridays. Brad Powers, his schedule is ridiculous. So sometimes, if we give things out, you know, they could change prior to kickoff on Saturday or Monday night, Sundays, for the pro games. Uh, Weather, again, always check your weather, but these are the reports that we have real quick. Jot these down, and again, you'll be able to go back to the archive and listen. It is uh, UNC at Georgia State, 62% chance of rain. 
The wind, not a factor in any of these games except two of them. Southern Miss at Miami, 48% chance of rain. Western Michigan at Ball State, 57% chance of rain. Colorado at Air Force, 67% chance of rain. Maryland at Charlotte, 91% chance of rain. Couple FCS, FBS games, Furman at Clemson, Samford at Georgia, 92% chance of rain in both those games. Akron and Michigan State, this is where the wind comes in. 62% chance of rain, 11 miles per hour wind in East Lansing. ODU at ECU, ECU off the heartbreak loss to North Carolina State, 67% chance of rain, 10-mile-an-hour winds. Eastern Michigan at UL Lafayette, 85% chance of rain. San Jose State at Auburn, 100% chance of rain. Georgia Southern at Nebraska, 67% chance of rain and 13-mile-an-hour winds. And then Hawaii at Michigan, 52% chance of rain, 15-mile-per-hour winds. 48% 48% chance of rain in Blacksburg for Boston College and Vatex. So that is the weather that we have. You will see some weather reports that will show you rain in the forecast, but a lot of those games, remember, are played indoors. So know the venue, and then you'll understand that the weather will not come into play. Brad Powers, last week, uh, some good, solid games. What was your take on your favorite team, Notre Dame, going into Ohio State? Because I know you got the early circle line, minus 10.5. Ohio State, it ends up winning by a hook for you. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba goes down early, and that was uh, a major loss for Ohio State because that's like taking a Tyree kill out of the lineup uh, for your passing core. Uh, but your take overall on the Irish, Buckner and his performance, and Ohio State going forward. I mean, obviously I was surprised, uh, particularly you know Ohio State's offense versus Notre Dame's defense. I expected the Buckeyes to have their way, uh, to be able to throw it consistently. Weren't able to. Jackson Smith and the Jigba obviously played a part in that. But even then, I mean, I expected Ohio State to have success via the air. They really didn't, although kudos to Ohio State in that final fourth quarter. They were able to run the ball, and Notre Dame's defense looks like they ran out of gas. Still some question marks on Notre Dame's offense, but overall, I don't know how you don't upgrade Notre Dame slightly after that game. A game that, you know, point spread 17, I expected Ohio State to cover, uh, didn't happen. So upgrade Notre Dame, downgrade Ohio State. All right, so a bunch of injuries as well. Uh, Some freak injuries, but some key players. Charlie Brewer for Liberty out five to eight weeks. Of course, he just transferring there uh, from Utah. And uh, he is out five to eight weeks. Syracuse going to miss a, a couple guys. Stephon Thompson, linebacker, pretty solid. Uh, Chris Elmore. Trent Penix, tight end, uh, is out for four to six weeks for NC State. Chris Rodriguez still suspended. Brad, do you have any insight on that deal with uh, Kentucky? Because he's uh, off the field deal. But this looks like a major suspension Mark Stoops handing down. For him not to be back for the game in Gainesville, that lets you know it's pretty serious. Well, I got some people telling me that he could be a surprise uh, tomorrow. So I don't know. I have my doubts. We've seen money come in against Kentucky yet again this week after some original line movement there. Yeah, it must have been something serious for him to be out this game. All right. Uh, Puka Nakua for BYU, questionable with that foot injury. He's a major part of that yeah. offense and was last week. BYU at home against Baylor. How much will that affect the Cougar offense if he can't go? It's significant because Gunnar Romney's been banged up all fall camp too. So I, I don't, I'm not sure BYU can line up and run on Baylor. And for them to have success and to win the game, they're going to have to throw it. And if those two guys or two wide receivers aren't healthy, I don't, I don't like BYU's chances on Saturday night. All right, Bowling Green, your alma mater, uh, losing Austin Auburn. He'll, uh, Osborne, he'll be out for uh, about six, seven weeks already without Terry and Stewart, Stewart who uh, took leave of absence, personal leave of absence for the year. Uh, moving on down, Illinois. 
Uh, they've got a couple players that are banged up. Josh McCray, their backup running back, he is out for another couple weeks. And their right tackle, Julian Pearl, keep an eye, he may miss tomorrow as well. Iowa, uh, Regani, the uh, wide receiver, he is out until early October. And also Keegan Johnson out. So that's two wide receivers. Ritter out for the year. He was a backup. So Iowa hurting, and it showed mightily last week offensively. They couldn't move the ball at all against uh, South Dakota State. Not that the Jackrabbits could move it. I think less than 400 yards total offense between both teams in that game. Uh, Kansas, Trevor Wilson out indefinitely with a suspension. He's a good, solid receiver. Uh, their second-leading receiver coming back. Uh, Will Onis, the linebacker for Kansas State, and Taylor Potier, the right guard. Potier is out for the year now with the knee injury, and Honus is questionable going into their game, uh, conference game coming up. Mason Smith for LSU, he won't uh, we won't worry about him against Southern this week, but he tore his ACL celebrating last week, and he is out for the year. Matthew Bedford for Indiana, out for the year with an ACL. He's a starting tackle. Uh, moving on down, we've got uh, LSU, John Emery Jr. One more. Uh, he's suspended actually till 9-17 when they play Mississippi State. He'll be back. For Marshall, who has a big game this week, Rasheen Ali, leave of absent, leading rusher in the nation. Brad, any insight to what happened with Ali? Just personal reasons to uh, stepping away from football. I will say Marshall's got a five-star running back uh, transfer from Florida State as it was his backup. Okay, Doc Holliday saying he will only return when he is mentally, physically, and emotionally ready. Charles Huff is the new head coach at Marshall. There. Oh, sorry about that. Yes, uh, good good call there. I thought, you know what? I, I probably have that written down, but I'm so used to Doc Holliday being there for the last hundred years. Uh, Miami of Florida, Zion Nelson, missed last game, left tackle. He is key for that offense. Uh, may not need him this week. Jalen Knighton will play the running back. Uh, meanwhile, Jacoby uh, George is suspended, and uh, that, is, that is there for Mario Cristobal's Miami of Florida. The big move, Miami, Miami of Ohio, Brett Gabbert out indefinitely with an upper body injury that he sustained against Kentucky. Bit significant because I mean he's worth several points to the line. Line ain't out yet, but I'll, I'll give you a little FCS tidbit. Robert Morris plus a big number plus the under in that game tomorrow. Robert Morris big number plus the under. Michigan State Darius Snow relatives galore. His dad and his uncle both playing at Michigan State. Eighty-seven tackles last year. The safety out for the year. Big blow. It is a big loss for and uh, another safety that, that's out for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I remember Percy Snow was a hell of a ball player. No doubt. Mississippi, Caden Costa, their kicker, who was a starting kicker last year, still suspended. But Jonathan Cruz stepped in last week, made all four of his extra points. Mizzou, senior Hyron White, questionable, may miss against Kansas State. Nebraska, Travis Volkolek, uh, played the first game against Northwestern, missed last week. He's questionable against Georgia Southern. Ohio, O'Shawn Allison, out for the year with a shoulder injury. We talked about Smith and Jigba. Uh, Mayan Williams, questionable as well out of the backfield. But Julian Fleming will return for Ohio State this week. Their center, also Weipler, is questionable with a foot injury. Uh, Blaine Green should be back for Oklahoma State. Jaden Bray, he's questionable as well, but they could get both these guys back. Uh, Blaine Green, of course, his twin brother Bryson, also a receiver on Okie State. Oregon State, Alton Julian missed last game, but he may be back to safety was a starter last year. For Pitt, Deslin Alexander is questionable. We'll see how the defensive end fares if he's able to go in the big game at home against Tennessee. Uh, linebacker Brandon George also questionable there for the Panthers. South Alabama, their free safety, Keith Gallman Jr., he is out for the year. He was second in tackles last year for the Jags. South Carolina, Christian Beale-Smith, the transfer from Wake Forest, may have action. It says probable, so it looks like he's been elevated to probable. That's a big get for South Carolina. They need him to produce if they're going to hang in that road game tomorrow. 
Yeah, I mean, the obviously South Carolina won and covered last week, but a couple of their touchdowns are non-offensive touchdowns last week. So, I mean, the offense isn't rocking and rolling yet. There you go. Meanwhile, uh, right guard Branson Bragg, he missed last week, but he's one of 10 starters for Stanford on offense that is back. Only four of their starters back on defense, but he's one of those anchors on the offensive line. He is questionable. We'll see if he goes. Uh, TCU Chandler Morris, their starting quarterback, is out, but when you have Duggan stepping yeah. in, you're not missing anything. In Chandler fact, I thought Morris he looked... stunk last Yes, week I agree. I, 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 I couldn't I... believe And then Duggan comes in the football. They start moving the football. Yep. In fact, the third-string guy moved the football, too. Yeah, I thought I thought very solid. Uh, now, Tyler Shuck, quarterback for Texas Tech, is out, but you said do not worry, KT. Donovan Smith uh, has pl- played a lot. He started a lot of games. He started a bowl game against Mississippi State. He beat my butt <laughs> in that game. And he actually, had, you look at his stats from last week, was far uh, su- uh, more uh, sufficient and th- than uh, Shuck was. There you go. Meanwhile, uh, Texas Tech also missing their right guard, Cole Spencer. He is out for the year with a knee injury. Toledo, Devin Maddox should be back for this game against UMass. He's listed as questionable, but coming back, he had 41 receptions, four touchdowns last year. UAB, Dwayne McBride, and Trey Shropshire, both probable, uh, did not play last week. And for Vandy, Quincy Skinner, their wide receiver, missed last game, did have three receptions against Hawaii, and he is listed as questionable as well. For Virginia Tech, uh, wide receiver Caleb Smith, he is questionable. Malachi Thomas, ankle, running back, he is out for the Hokies. Uh, meanwhile, Wake Forest, Sam Hartman, supposed to be back in, uh, from the blood clot issues. And, Brad, the line moved significantly once it was announced that Hartman was going to be back. Yeah, we saw about a four-and-a-half, five-point move, there which I go. agreed with. And uh, linebacker Ryan Smenda, second last year in tackles, is eligible from a suspension. He did not play last week. For Wazoo, left guard uh, Ty Levea is out for the year. Big blow to the Cougs offensive line. For West Virginia, right cornerback Charles Woods questionable with a lower leg injury and uh, for Wisconsin Alexander Smith Justin Clark both questionable two of their cornerbacks and right guard Tanner Bordellini also questionable with a leg injury that is a look at the injuries again guys are subject to change Uh, Charlotte by the way Chris Reynolds missed last game he is questionable uh, for Charlotte and uh, that is pretty much it outside of Gunnar Holmberg for FIU left last game with a concussion but the backup stepped in and did a great job they were much better with the backup last week. Move the football. That was a game that they were dead in the water against Bryant. Shouldn't have won the game. Yeah, won it in overtime by a point. Uh, Sherrod Johnson, also questionable, did not play last game. One of their wide receivers. And Schrager, uh, the quarterback for Hawaii, is probable now at Michigan. They are 52-point underdogs. My goodness how Hawaii football has fallen off the map. And Timmy Chang in for a long, long season at his alma mater. All right, let's jump into it, BP. Arkansas State at Ohio State at the Horseshoe. It is Ohio State minus 44 and a half, 69 the total. We use the Westgate lines. C.J. Stroud did not look like a Heisman Trophy candidate last week. Travion Henderson, not a bad game, 91 yards on the ground. Mayan Williams had 84 before uh, getting concussed and leaving the game. Egbuka stepped up, six receptions, 90 yards and a touchdown. Harrison Jr. and Johnson combined for another seven and 90 and a touchdown. But Tommy Eichenberg impressed me, had two sacks and nine tackles for the Buckeyes. Uh, James Blackman led Arkansas State. They routed Grambling 59-3, to Long and Mayer. Uh, those two guys combined for 198 yards and two touchdowns. Your take here, Ohio State minus a huge number at the horseshoe, 44 and a half, 69 the total. Slightly under for me. Ohio State's defense looked improved last week. 
Arkansas State's defense looked improved. They were one of the worst in the country uh, last week. So going to go under with Ohio State having some weapons questionable. There you go. North Carolina off the incredible game with Appalachian State. How about App State? 40 points in the fourth quarter. Still can't win the game, losing it overtime 63-61. Drake May, nine touchdowns on the year, no interceptions in the two games. Uh, he's rushed for another one. Hampton on the ground has three rushing touchdowns. And then tight end Nesbitt has two touchdowns on just seven receptions. Four receivers have also uh, caught passes, 30 passes for five touchdowns for North Carolina. Their wins over Florida A&M and App State. Georgia State, the tough loss against South Carolina. Like you said, uh, giving up some touchdowns uh, to the defense of South Carolina. Granger struggled. Uh, 111 and a touchdown and an interception. He rushed for 43 and another touchdown. Williams on the ground at 76. But used to seeing the Panthers' offense a little more explosive. Uh, maybe they can get it together in this game. They're at home against North Carolina right now. The heels minus seven and a half at the Westgate, 64 and a half. And this sat on seven for a while. Still seven at Caesars and a couple other places. But seven and a half, 64 and a half at the Westgate. I'll uh, obviously on a key number of seven. I'll lay the seven with North Carolina, even with the defensive issues. Very surprising to me. A lot of respected money has come in on the under this week with that total moving down. All right, Ohio U at Penn State. Ohio U, uh, very impressive with Curtis Rourke. My goodness, he was solid against Florida Atlantic. 345 yards passing, four touchdowns. He rushed for another touchdown. Uh, Bangora had 114 on the ground. And Bostic, six receptions, 136 and a touchdown. Meanwhile, Penn State at home, they have the extra rest off that Thursday victory against Purdue, 35-31, when Sean Clifford led that 75-yard drive down the stretch. Uh, Allen, Singleton, and Lee, all these guys... You know, eight, ten, nine carries, all 30 yards, so mixed it up. But Tinsley, the transfer, seven receptions, 84 yards and a touchdown. And Strange had two receptions for 77 and a touchdown. Penn State at home, Happy Valley, minus 25, 55 the total against the green and white of the Bobcats. I'm going to lean under. Uh, I just don't know how motivated Penn State is to get margin with Auburn on deck. Texas San Antonio off the tough overtime triple OT loss at home by a deuce to Houston against Army. Army losing by 10 against Coastal Carolina. One of my good plays last week uh, was impressed with uh, Coastal Carolina shutting down Army in the fourth quarter. UTSA with Frank Harris. He's the all-everything. Rushed for uh, 63 and a touchdown. Threw for 337 and three touchdowns. Did have the one pick, but Cephas, Franklin, and Clark. Very impressive. Three touchdowns, 23 receptions between them. Uh, They did have four sacks. Uh, against Houston, they gave up three. Army, on the other hand, you know, Tyrell Robinson had 135 on the ground, but Tyre Tyler struggled mightily, uh, just one of three via the airwaves. Uh, the rest of the team, though, outside of Tyrell Robinson, 30 carries, 67 yards. Cade Ballard did come in and throw uh, for 88 yards and a touchdown, but Army really one-dimensional most of the time. They are at home. The Black Knights, plus three on their home field, 53-and-a-half against UTSA. I'll take the plus three. I've been waiting all week. I'll take Army plus three. Bad spot, UTSA off a very emotional overtime game. Biggest game in school history is on deck against Texas. So uh, Army plus three for me. Southern Miss, Frank Gore Jr., another outstanding game in the uh, tough 29-27 loss to Liberty. Ty Keys, uh, not great as far as quarterback. A couple interceptions. They're going to go to Miami of Florida. Tyler Van Dyke, you know, did what he needed to do in the 70-13 to route against Bethune-Cookman. Uh, Henry Paris Jr., 108 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. Franklin, 78-2. and two, And then Xavier uh, Restrepo, uh, receiving-wise, five receptions, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Your take on this one, it is Southern Miss in Miami. Again, rain in the forecast. Miami of Florida, minus 25.5, total 51.5. Wow, total's down to 51.5. 57.5 was available on Sunday. You know where I went with that. Uh, 
Right now at the current numbers, I'm going to take Southern Miss. I, I think Ty Keys might play for them, and I'm not sure how motivated Miami is to get margin with the A&M on deck. All right, then we've got Duke and Northwestern. This line keeps climbing right now in Evanston. Northwestern minus 10.5, total 57. Duke and Riley Leonard, uh, a couple touchdown passes in the 30 to nothing route of Temple. Uh, Jordan Moore, Jalen Calhoun, pretty solid games as well. Uh, for Northwestern, Ryan Holinsky coming off the nice effort in Dublin, Ireland against uh, Nebraska, so they're well-rested. Evan Hall, uh, Cam Porter, good offensive weapons there, especially Hall out of the backfield. Malik Washington, uh, eight receptions, 97 yards. He's their go-to guy via the airwaves. It is Northwestern minus 10.5, 57 against the Dukies. Laid six on the openers. Can't lay 10.5 now with Northwestern. They're just not a team that I like to lay doubles with. What I can still bet, I bet the under on Sunday. Still like the under. Both teams are running some tempo, but we still have two very defensive-minded head coaches under for me. Missouri at Kansas State and the Little Apple. Brady Cook will lead Mizzou's offense off their 52-24 route of La Tech. They had four sacks. Very solid game on the ground for Nathaniel Pete. Cody Schrader, 142 and two touchdowns. Kansas State, Adrian Martinez struggling mightily. 11 of 15, but for 53 yards. Are you mm. kidding me? 13 carries, 39 yards. He did get a rushing touchdown. Deuce Vaughn, as usual, self, 126 and a touchdown on the ground. Giddens had a touchdown, and Malik Knowles as well had a 75-yard end-around touchdown. 34-0, they beat South Dakota. Uh, they gave up four sacks. They got four of their own, but they gave up four sacks. A little surprising there for K-State's offensive line. Missouri at Kansas State. K-State now 7.5, from the Little Apple. Slightly lean under. Uh, I know Missouri is running some tempo. I bet over in their game last week, but uh, n- not a big bet for me. Just a lean under. All right. We'll duck one more in before the break. South Carolina at Arkansas. It's a big game. Spencer Rattler in South Carolina off that solid win, but he had two interceptions. Didn't play real well. Uh, Bell and Lloyd, not bad uh, with uh, 69 yards. Well, not good, really, on the ground. 69 yards, 18 carries, and a touchdown. Jalen Brooks had four receptions for 88. And senior linebacker Brad Johnson had five solo tackles. Meanwhile, Arkansas, K.J. Jefferson, three touchdown passes, rushed for another. Raheem Sanders, 117 on the ground. And then Knox, the tight end, had a couple touchdowns. Uh, Landers and Hazelwood, also a touchdown. Uh, your take with Bumper Poole getting 13 tackles in that game. He is that guy. Arkansas at home in Fayetteville. They are right now minus nine, 53 and a half. This number continues to climb against South Carolina. If it gets to 10, that's a buy spot for South Carolina. We'll see if it gets there. Uh, no bet on the side. I did bet under on the openers. All right. Remember, we will come back. We'll pick it up with game 335, 336. We'll be going at a fast clip. Alabama at Texas as Sark has already come out and say, do not judge this Texas team based on the Alabama game. Again, uh, just a, a statement that it kind of blows my mind that you're trying to get your team elevated for a game, and that's what you come up with. But we'll see how things pan out. Uh, do not forget the Mark Hoke Show coming up on Sunday morning. My good pal, my producer, Mark Hoke, professional wrestling. If you like it, you'll love the Mark Hoke Show. It is Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. We're trying to get a two-hour slot there for old Hoke because he's got too much content to only have a one-hour show. But it is the number one rated show in the Vegas Valley in that time slot. Uh, Brad Powers, uh, real quick, let everybody know about your covers deal. We've got about 40 seconds, so you can get that in there so that tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, people can follow along. Yeah, so Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Covers YouTube channel, or just follow me on Twitter at BradPowers7. We're giving out FCS picks at that time. They hit the board. We bet the board. That's right. You bet the board, and those lines move, and they move rather quickly. So, folks, you want to make sure that you have those in there. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, we are live, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. And I'll let you know about the Preventative Diagnostic Center and the Westgate Super Contest when we come back, and then we jam through the college football games. We get into all 15 NFL games as well. 
We are live from Vegas, 101.5 on that FM side, 720 on the AM side, KDWN. Remember, you miss the archives up by 11 o'clock Pacific time, and uh, they're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Live from Vegas, coming right back. Keep it right here. PSBR Law Studios, Ken Thompson, Brad Powers on a Friday football fiasco, Mark Hoke producing, and uh, we're going to get through the rest of the college games and the NFL games. Remember, every Friday we do this. It's the Friday football fiasco. Tell your friends, Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, you miss any part of the show. Again, the archives will be up 11 o'clock Pacific time on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and also on Facebook. Preventative Diagnostic Center, for you folks that don't know about it, it's outstanding here in the Vegas Valley that we have the only scanner of its kind in the region. Gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart and lung disease and cancer. 702 area code 534-7900, 534-7900. Give a call today. Uh, schedule that free educational consultation. Let them know Ken Thompson SportsX Radio sent you. Comfortable scan takes just a few minutes. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. Heart CT scan, calcium score. It's a special. It's awesome. One twenty-five for a six hundred dollar value to find out whether or not you got that widowmaker clogging up or any of the other arteries and your significant other. Absolutely free. So the two of you for one hundred twenty-five dollars, twelve hundred dollar value. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Call the Preventative Diagnostic Center five three four seven nine zero zero five three. You can check everything out at pdcenterlv.com. And do not forget the Westgate Super Contest is back, and it's back better than ever. Ultimate Pro Football Handicapping Challenge is back for its 35th year with more ways to win and over $1 million in guaranteed prizes. This year's Super Contest features 11 in-season contests, including two nine-week contests plus an overall champion. Back by popular demand also is the winner-take-all Super Contest gold. Also, as far as the Super Contest, 12 ways to win, 100% payback, and they also have the second half Super Contest reboot. You can sign up now through tomorrow. Remember, got to be signed up by tomorrow, September 10th. Super Contest only at the world-famous Westgate Superbook. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, as we cruise on through, we left off with the number one team in the country that looked all-world against Utah State. Brad Powers tweeting out prior to that game, please forgive me, Lord Saban, I have sinned. I took 42 and a half. Well, that uh, covered uh, right around up till halftime, Brad. And, uh, then Alabama just uh, called off the dogs. Nobody scored in the fourth quarter, but 55 nothing. They rolled big time. Bryce Young throws for five, rushes for 100 yards, another touchdown. Jameer Gibbs, a transfer from Georgia Tech, nine carries, 93 yards. He's going, gosh, this is great running behind this line. A lot of fun. Uh, Holden and Prentice, pretty solid uh, via the airwaves. Uh, two touchdowns between them. And the transfer from Georgia, Jermaine Burton, had a couple touchdown receptions. Will Anderson, he didn't play the whole game. Five tackles. Very solid team. The surprising stat, if you looked, they were minus one in the sack department, and they were minus one in the turnover department. The surprise, Alabama did not get a sack on Utah State. Holy. That's very surprising. One of the most uh, surprising stats I read. There you go. And they're going to take on Texas with Quinn Ewers. Uh, the youngster going to hopefully play better than he did last week. Not that they 
played badly. They routed ULM, UL Monroe, 52-10. to Bijan Robinson, uh, who was a Heisman hopeful and still may be if he has a big game here, had 10 carries, 71 yards and a touchdown. Receptions, three of them for 40 and another touchdown. Uh, Roshan Johnson on the ground had a touchdown as well. Jadavian Sanders was their main go-to guy. The tight end had 85 yards and six receptions and a TD. And DeMarvian Overshown, one of the better defensive players in the Big 12, had eight tackles for the Horns. Horns at home, plus 20, 65 and a half from the Westgate. Yeah, you can't talk me into Texas, even though my numbers say that they're the, the play here. Uh, I'm not going against Alabama two weeks in a row. I did bet the openers. Uh, I bet the over. That's starting to get a little pricey, but I'd still lean that way. Wake Forest, Sam Hartman back. Talked about it. 39 touchdowns, 14 picks last year. Mitch Griffs, uh, pretty solid on the ground. 288, three touchdowns. Or no, actually, he played last week. He was the quarterback that played last week. Threw for 288 and three touchdowns in their win. Uh, they do have Justice Ellison back. Christian Turner. Uh, and Taylor Moore, pretty solid receiver, had five receptions, 74 yards, and a touchdown. They're at Vandy. Mike Wright's been pretty solid. Six touchdowns, no interceptions thus far for Vanderbilt. And uh, Ray Davis out of the backfield doing pretty well. And how about Anthony Orgy? He has 16 tackles in two games, 14 of them solo. Vandy has four sacks on the year already. And they're plus three in the turnover department. They're at home in Nashville against Wake Forest. Right now, Demon Deacons minus 12 and a half, 65 and a half. Side and total seem right after the adjustment with Sam Hartman. I did bet Wake on the openers. No bet now. Pass. All right. Carter Bradley in South Alabama come off a nice route of Nickel State, 48-7. to LaDamian Webb, 98 yards on the ground, a couple touchdowns. They did uh, give up two sacks. They didn't get any themselves, which is a rarity for a good, solid Jaguar defense. They're going to take on Central Michigan, who moved the ball well, got some points in garbage time against Oklahoma State to get a cover in that game from Stillwater. They were down 30. They lose it by 16 uh, or by 14, I'm sorry, and uh, they, they were 58-44 to 44 was the final. Richardson, the quarterback, pretty solid game, 424, four touchdowns, one pick. Lou Nichols, the third, only 72 yards on 26 carries, had a couple touchdowns. CMU, though, at home, could get some rain in this one. Four and a half, Central Mish favored, 59. A lot of people like South Alabama. KT's on the other side. I'm passing, although a lot of sharp people love South Alabama this year. They do. No question. KT will go with the offensive Central Mish at home. We'll see if they can move the ball in the rain. Western Michigan minus six against Ball State. Ball State, of course, coming off getting routed 59-10 against Tennessee in Knoxville. For Western Michigan, a 35-13. Tough loss if you had the plus 21. Uh, Salapek, their quarterback, rushed for 36, threw for 193. Sean Tyler on the ground at 68 and a touchdown for Western Mish. Uh, however, they gave up seven sacks, and that does not bode well. Ball State, John Paddock, their quarterback, not a bad game yardage-wise, 269, one touchdown, two interceptions in the route. Again, at Knoxville, we'll see how Ball State fares on their home field. They are plus six against Western Mich, 52 the total. Malay with Western Michigan, that's what I bet on the opener. I took the under as well. Western Michigan was only down 21-13 entering the fourth quarter last week against Michigan State. That was a misleading final. There you go. Great stuff. Marsha, who talked about the new coach, Henry Colby, the transfer from Texas Tech, comes over. Uh, they routed Norfolk State, Norfolk State 55-3. to Ethan Payne, Kalen Layborn uh, on the ground uh, had, had big games, 225, four touchdowns between them. For Notre Dame, Buckner at home. 21-10 loss to Ohio State. He threw for 177, but didn't turn it over. Tyree struggled a little bit. Six carries, 28 yards. Uh, they really didn't run the ball well. Clarence Lewis did have seven tackles for the Irish, but I was impressed with the, you know, the Irish in the line of scrimmage in, in the trenches. I thought they held their own nice against Ohio State. Uh, maybe you saw something different, but you tell me right now, Notre Dame minus 20 and a half, 50 from South Bend. 
Yeah, slight disagreement there. I thought the defensive line, really good for the first three quarters, got worn down late. The offensive line was a disappointment. Jarrett Patterson, who missed the game last week, looks like he's going to come back. He'll play left guard for the Irish. That should shore up the, the interior. I like Notre Dame in this one. They get margin. Patterson, yes. I, I did see him back in the uh, injury report yesterday. Real quick, Marshall right. hasn't played a Power 5 team in four years. That's remarkable. That is remarkable. Yeah, usually they'll get some of those early games, whether they were Conference USA and now back in the Sun Belt. Uh, let's move on down. Next game on the docket, Talia Tungavailoa. Tungavailoa, his brother, of course, the uh, quarter two of four of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he, the quarterback for Mike Loxley and Maryland, threw for 290. No touchdowns and an interception in the 31-10 win against Buffalo. They did have four sacks in that game, but they were minus one in that turnover department. Uh, Hemby on the ground had 114 and a couple touchdowns. And a uh, pretty solid game all around for Maryland. For Charlotte, Xavier Williams, uh, decent game. Uh, getting in the end zone with a couple touchdowns. Chris Reynolds, or he's and he's their quarterback that came in and replaced Chris Reynolds. Reynolds uh, did not play in that game, but played okay in the first game. Had a couple touchdowns, no interceptions. But this Charlotte team just does not look good to me. Maryland minus 26.5, 65.5. I don't think I'll lay it, but I can't play Charlotte right now. Couldn't agree more with that. Uh, I did bet under. Charlotte might be down to a third-string quarterback. We'll see. Uh, both top two guys are banged up. Charlotte's terrible. I would say... Hawaii and Charlotte have been the two biggest downgrades since the start of the season so far. Meanwhile, Tennessee off that route at home against Ball State goes to Pitt. Pitt with some extra rest after stealing the game against West Virginia at home in the backyard brawl. Tennessee minus six, 64 and a half. And Hendon Hooker, uh, one of your Heisman hopefuls at 300 to one or whatever you got him. Uh, he uh, threw for 221, two touchdowns. Joe Milton, the third, came in and went eight for nine for 113 yards and a touchdown as well. Right and small on the ground, 151, a couple touchdowns. Tillman and Holiday had 12 receptions, 130 and a touch. Uh, Tennessee at Pitt Slovis off 308 and a touchdown. The transfer from USC, Hammond on the ground, had 74 yards and two touchdowns. And then Wayne and Mumfield together, eight receptions, 164 Pitt. They did give up. Five sacks in that game against West Virginia. That's concerning with the offensive line. And you were concerned when you watched that game, you said their offensive line got pushed around. They did, which is surprising. Pitt returns all five starters on the offensive line. And it's not like West Virginia is a great defensive front. So that's a concern. Also concern, I mean, I expect Tennessee to really get after Pitt's cornerback. So Tennessee's my favorite play on the board right now. There you go. Tennessee Volunteers, minus 664.5 from the Westgate. Memphis at Navy. Memphis off the long rain delay, lightning delay in Starkville against Mississippi State and Navy off a lackluster 14-7 home loss in Annapolis to Delaware. Good FCS team, but still, Kenny Niamatloa, uh got to be concerned there. Uh, Ty Lav- Lavatai, their uh, quarterback, 5 of 13 for 135. He rushed for 34 and a touchdown, but it took him 18 carries to get that. Uh, Colin, Colin Ramos did have nine tackles for the middies. For Memphis, Seth Hennigan struggled, but uh, you know put up a, a, a decent second half there to get that game up and over the total. Remember, Brad gave that play out as well. Uh, the over in uh, Memphis and Mississippi State had ended 49-23. Uh, Javon Tucker had 63 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Also for the Tigers, Memphis minus five and a half, 50 the total from Annapolis. So it seems like a good buy low spot for Navy after losing to Delaware. Everyone's going to throw them in the trash. But with that being said, I just don't think Navy's that good. I mean, when Malcolm Perry and Keenan Reynolds aren't the quarterback, I mean, they're, they're seven and 16 their last 23 games. Give me Memphis. Yeah, I like both those guys, Perry, and I love Reynolds. How can you not love Reynolds? KT being a Navy boy, I'll just hope that they can get it together when the Army game comes up again. Colorado and Air Force, J.T. Shrout started, and then he didn't start the second half when they got the ball back on the first series against TCU, and that surprised me because he wasn't hurt. Brendan Lewis came in, and he struggled. He rushed for 42, threw for 78, but he looked like he was off 
uh, big time and wasn't feeling the pressure. Fontenot, not a good game on the ground. He carries 31 yards. Uh, Arias had four receptions in 66, but they turned it over twice in the 38-13 loss to the Horn Frogs. Air Force, you love this team. You love their win total. You played it several times. Hazik Daniels led the way in their first game. Brad Roberts, 114 on the ground. Uh, they crushed Northern Iowa 48-17. to Air Force at home, big number now, 17 and a half at 50, but you played it at a much better number. I didn't. I played it at a worse number, so I, I talk about all these Did great you? numbers. Yeah, would you play? I played the Westgate yeah. in, in the uh, summer thinking I really had something good with Colorado plus right? 14 and a half. Terrible. Wow. I'd, I bet Colorado plus 17 and a half, though. Okay, so Colorado's to play. I just It's too pricey, and you just mentioned it. I bet Colorado under their season win total. I bet Air Force over their season win total, and I can't get my ratings to say that Air Force should be laying 17 and a half. There you go. All right, so you'll just hope Air Force wins it inside of two touchdowns, and you'll win both ways because your under on Colorado will help out, and uh, Air Force over will continue to ascend. Appalachian State off that 63-61 loss at home to North Carolina. Wild game. Texas A&M did not cover, got the win 31 nothing against Sam Houston at home. Uh, Haynes King, solid game throwing the football. Uh, let me see. Yes, uh, Haynes King threw for 364, three touchdowns, but two interceptions. little concerning. He beat out Max Johnson, the transfer from LSU. A-chain on the ground. Horrendous performance against Sam Houston State. 18 carries, 42 yards. It was Anaya Smith, six receptions, 164, and two touchdowns that led the way. They did have three sacks to none there for Sam Houston State. Chase Bryce, great game. How do you throw six touchdowns, only one pick, 361 yards, and lose the game? My goodness. Uh, Nate Knoll, Cameron Peoples talked about that dynamic duo in the backfield. 181 and three touchdowns, and Deshaun Davis had a uh, 72-yard performance with six receptions and a touchdown. App State at A&M, A&M minus 19, 54 and a half. Is that too many? No, I bet A&M on the openers. I could lay anything up to 20, even though they got Miami on deck. I'm just not sure how much App State has left in the tank after a to-the-wire game against North Carolina. My goodness, and Chase Bryce on that two-point conversion. Looked like he's going to make it when oh. he falls about a foot and a half short. And then the first two-point conversion before the onside kick return, he had a guy wide open. Yeah, overthrows him, and the, the running back stumbling out of the backfield. Yeah. Like, he turned his body, was all contorted. Yeah, I just didn't know. Yeah. And just and you can see him, and he's a short guy, too. You're yeah. like, there's no way he's catching that ball. Yeah. It's terrible. Oh, how frustrating. Yes, I, I had App State in that game. Wazoo oh. in Wisconsin. Cam Ward leads Wazoo. They struggled against Idaho at home, fortunate to win that game 24-17. Uh, they did have six sacks in the game, gave up three. Nakia Watson, the transfer from Wisconsin, will go against his old mates. Had 117 on the ground with Wisconsin. Graham Mertz. Sacked six, uh, sacked three times, I should say, but fourteen of sixteen, two nineteen, and a touchdown. But it's the Braylon Allen show. Ches Malusi as well, decent running back. But Allen got the uh, the nod last year, and it paid off. Fourteen carries, one forty-eight, two touchdowns in the thirty-eight nothing route against Illinois State. Herbig, the linebacker, had a couple sacks. Your take, Wisconsin in Madison, where they always seem to play their first four games. Uh, minus seventeen, forty-nine the total against Wazoo. I the seventeen. I was super disappointed with Washington State's offense. Uh, Wisconsin's defense looked in midseason form. Middle Tennessee State, my goodness, Rick Stockstill is wondering what the hell happened to his team. They were horrendous at James Madison. Not that they lost the game, but 44-7. Chase Cunningham, 18-32 for 110 and a touchdown. The team rushed 28 times for 12 yards. Less than a half yard per carry. Yusuf Ali had eight receptions for 60 yards. Colorado State, on the other hand, of Ken, uh, with Jay Norvell coming over, bringing all his guys from Nevada. Clay Millen was that transferred quarterback. Had 137 and a touchdown in their 51-7 loss to Michigan. They also gave up seven sacks in that game. Not going to win many games. Uh, the transfer, Torrey Horton from Nevada, did have six receptions for 69 and a touchdown. Colorado State at home in Fort Collins, minus 11 and a half. 
58.5 against Middle Tennessee. Ton of sharp, respected money came in on Colorado State a couple days ago on this one. I mean, my power ain't say Middle Tennessee, but I can, from what I saw last week, I can't get to the window on them. Meanwhile, Akron, DJ Irons and company, uh, they were fortunate to come back and beat St. Francis of Pennsylvania 30-23. to Cam Wiley on the ground, 84 touchdowns, or 84 yards, two touchdowns. He loved that, 84 touchdowns. <laughs> Shock, Shockey Jacques-Louis had nine receptions, 122, and a touchdown. Meanwhile, Michigan State, Peyton Thorne, he went through the motions, threw four touchdowns. Uh, Berger on the ground, 120 and a touchdown. Uh, he's the transfer from Wisconsin, Berger, Jalen Berger? Yep. He and uh, Keon Coleman, four receptions, 84 yards, and a touchdown. How about the transfer from UNLV, though? Jacoby Winman, and we talked about this kid. He is solid. He had four sacks in that game, seven tackles against Western Michigan. UNLV will miss him big time, but this kid is an athlete. He will play at the next level, I'm convinced. Right now, Michigan State minus 34 and a half, 56 the total against Akron. Yeah, I made the line 35, so slight lean on Michigan State pizza money. Remember, a lot of rain in that one and some wind in East Lansing, mm. but check that report. Make Sounds sure. like you want Akron. No, I, okay. I, don't, I, I can't okay. bet. You bet on crap teams, don't be surprised with a crap <laughs> result. Uh, that rings in my head several times. Uh, Virginia with Brennan Armstrong coming off a decent game, 34-17. They beat Richmond. He threw for 246. He rushed for 105 and a touchdown. Uh, Paris Jones rushed for 104 and a touchdown. And Davis, four receptions, 89 yards and a touchdown. Nick Johnson, senior linebacker, 14 tackles for the Cavs. Meanwhile, Illinois, Tommy DeVito, uh, so far in a couple games, you know, doing okay, but the tough loss to Indiana, 23-20 in a game they probably should have had. Chase Brown has been outstanding on the ground with 358 and a couple touchdowns already. The Illini at home in Champaign. Wind and rain here as well. Illinois minus 4, 57 and a half against Virginia. I like Virginia, dog and under for me. I can't lay points uh, with this Illinois offense. Uh, Virginia destroyed Illinois last year. What, what's really changed other than a new head coach for Virginia? There you go. UNLV, Rebels off. Now the line has moved Today on Friday morning, Cal minus 12, and the total is sitting at 48 at the Westgate right now. And Cal coming off the win with Jack Plummer leading the way against UC Davis in a game that was very close for a while. In fact, Davis had the lead early. Uh, freshman running back Ott had 104 on the ground for the Bears. That helped out two receptions and a touchdown. And Jeremiah Hunter had a touchdown as well, the wide receiver from Plummer. For UNLV, they're off after the route of Idaho State here at Allegiant Stadium. Doug Broomfield, player of the week in the Mountain West, with that 356-yard passing performance for touchdowns. Harrison Bailey, Friel both got in as well. Courtney Reese on the ground had 73 yards and, uh, and seven carries. And then Ricky White, wide receiver, eight receptions, 182 and two touchdowns. Tompkins, 10 tackles for the Rebs, senior linebacker. UNLV plus 12, 48 the total from Berkeley. Malin with UNLV. I, I liked what I saw in the opener. They had a bye week to prep. Cal did, did not deserve to cover last week against UC Davis. Houston, that team that played last week and beat UTSA in triple overtime, winning by 37-35, did not cover. Now they're catching three and a half at the Westgate. It is four around town, but the Westgate flexing a three and a half with Texas Tech, 62 and a half the total. Donovan Smith, Brad talked about him. He's the quarterback. He's in there for uh, Shuck, the transfer from Oregon. Donovan Smith last week, 14 of 16, 221, four touchdowns, no interceptions, really ran it well. It was a route against Murray State, 63 to 10. Houston, Clayton Toon, not a great game. In fact, after three quarters, I think he only had like 80 yards passing. Finished with 206 and three touchdowns. He rushed for a touchdown as well. Campbell and Henry on the ground, struggling 23 carries for 74 yards. So, you know, they're definitely missing McCaskill. Uh, you take Houston at Texas Tech right now. The Red Raiders, minus 3.5, 62.5, and you're leading, leaning towards the boys from Lubbock. 
I love Texas Tech. Bet him on the openers, minus one. Gave him out as one of my top plays of the week, minus three. Houston had a post-game win expectancy rate of 4%. means they had a, you know, you look at the box score, what chances that Houston had of winning the game, looking at the box score, 4% last week. Lowest of any team in college football that won a game. So give me Texas Tech. Iowa State at Iowa, the uh, Cyhawk Trophy on the line here in Iowa, at home in Iowa City, off a putrid performance offensively. Petrus, 11-25, 109 and an interception. LaShawn Williams, uh, 24 carries for 72 yards, uh, minus the sack yardage. I mean, they were 36 carries for 57 yards versus the Jackrabbits. Now, they did get two safeties to end up with a seven spot. Seven to three, they won. Jack Campbell, their senior linebacker, did have 12 tackles. For Iowa State, Hunter Deckers in the route, 42-10 over Southeast Missouri State. Uh, got some good production from Brock out of the backfield, 104 and a touchdown, and Hutchinson via the airwaves was big time. Eight receptions, 128 and three touchdowns. Iowa State at Iowa. Iowa, minus three and a half, 40 and a half. I actually think Iowa's a sharper side. I think a lot of people are going to throw them in the trash after last week. I get it, offense stunk, but it stunk for the last four years. And I, I think I, there might be something psychological to Iowa State that they're 0-5, even under Matt Campbell in this rivalry. Give me the Hawkeyes. I took the Hawkeyes, 165 like on the it. money line. I didn't like the to lay it, but I just said, you know what, they're going to win. And if they win by a field goal, I don't want to lose. I like that. I like that bet a lot, KT. Good job. All right, Old Dominion. Uh, plus 12-and-a-half against East Carolina, 50-and-a-half against ECU with that heartbreaking loss. Ayler's played pretty well, threw for 267, two touchdowns, but two picks, rushed for 57 more. So he was really the offense. C.J. Johnson, six receptions, 90 yards, and a TD. They outgained NC State. They were all over Leary. Daffer, the kicker, missed the extra point. Not his fault because the laces were facing right at him. But then he missed a chip shot, 41-yard field goal. This guy's one of the Groza Award-type guys. So he's a big-time kicker. So he was on his holder for the bad hold by facing the laces toward him. And then he pushed the game-winning field goal against NC State to the right. I watched that body language there. And meanwhile, they're taking on ODU. ODU lost a couple fumbles, but Hayden Wolf played well enough and Watson in the backfield good enough for them to get their win late. Uh, scoring late and holding off Virginia Tech. They won a 24-17. Your take, ECU at home, minus 12.5, 50.5, because I think ECU could route them. I think ECU's the right side. I just can't get to the window at that number, but certainly an ECU team that should have won last week, an old DU team that benefited from five Virginia Tech turnovers. That's the old inside-out handicap. I think you're onto something on the Pirates. There you go. Kansas at West Virginia. Jalen Daniels, 189 and a touchdown last week in the Kansas win. Neal and Morrison on the ground had 178 and three touchdowns. And uh, defensive end Lonnie Phelps, how about seven tackles for the Jayhawks? Three of them were sacks. West Virginia, meanwhile, JT Daniels only threw for 214, but he rushed for a touchdown, threw for two, one big interception, not his fault. Uh, C.J. Donaldson, Mathis Jr., those two guys, pretty impressive running the ball. Uh, Donaldson, a tight end converted to running back, seven carries, 125 and a touchdown. Uh, and their linebacker, uh, Kipaga, uh, Lee Kapaga, Kapagba, 10 tackles in that game for the uh, West Virginia Mountaineers. West Virginia minus 13.5 in Morgantown, 60 to total against Leopold in Kansas. Sharper money's on the over in this game. I haven't bet it's side or total. Uh, I made it 14, so slightly in West Virginia. That Donaldson kid's a freshman, too, for wow. West Virginia. Keep an eye on him. No doubt. True freshman. True freshman. Yeah, you don't see that too often, even uh, with guys not taking that red shirt early. UAB minus 6.5 at Liberty. Liberty squeezing by 29-27 over Southern Miss. UAB routing Alabama A&M 59-0. Dylan Hopkins leading the way with Brown Jr. on the ground at 114 yards and a touchdown. Witherspoon had two more rushing touchdowns. Liberty, uh, Salter, 65 yards rushing, threw for 148 and two touchdowns. Jonathan Bennett got in there 46 yards and a touchdown. 
Demario Douglas, five receptions, 95, 97 and two. Liberty at home for Hugh Freeze. Uh, they're catching six and a half from the Blazers, 50 the total. Yeah, I mean, with the quarterback injury concerns for, for Liberty, I'm going to lean with UAB, prefer the under. Okay, so Salter's banged up, so Jonathan Bennett will go? Is yep. that is that the yeah. way it goes? Well, I both played last week, right. so I mean, but Bennett has played in the past. He's even started some games, but I mean, this is UAB's game in my opinion. Last game before the break, and it's a big one. It's Kentucky at Florida. Line up right now to six at the Swamp. Florida off the lucky win, but they were solid running the ball on the ground against Utah. I'll say that. And Richardson did what he needed to do on the game-winning drive. But Utah has no business losing that game in regulation. It should either go into overtime or they should win the game. They're on the five-yard line, a second down, throw an interception, uh, big-time interception by Amari Bernie there for Florida. Richardson 168, but he rushed for 106 and three touchdowns. Montreal Johnson, the transfer from Louisiana, who came over with Billy Napier, uh, 75 yards and a touchdown for Kentucky. Will Levis, uh, solid game, 303 and three touchdowns. Smoke on the ground with outright. Rodriguez in the lineup had seven carries for 32 yards. The team, though, rushed 26 times for 50 yards against Miami of Ohio. My goodness, that's not going to get it done. Tavion Robinson was solid. Uh, real quick, Brad Powers, your take on this one. Florida minus six, 51 and a half from the Swamp. I bet Kentucky plus seven, still like that, but I am concerned Kentucky's ground game not being able to take advantage of Florida. Kentucky only had 50 rushing yards last week. Rodriguez is out. Offensive line coaches at Alabama, so just a lean on Kentucky at the current six. There you go. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two, we finish up the college. We get into all the NFL sports X radio rocking and rolling here on a Friday football fiasco. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, again, archives up at 11 o'clock Pacific time. Do not miss it, and tell your friends, SportsX Radio, Friday Football Fiasco. We are live from Vegas, 101.5 FM, 720 AM, KDWN. I'm Ken Thompson with Brad Powers. We'll be right back. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, SportsX Radio with Ken Thompson. (laughs) Yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com and by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. All right, we are back. Hour number two, SportsX Radio Fridays, Friday football fiasco, taped 8 a.m. on Fridays. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, Mark Hoke running the show, 
And uh, we will get through the last 16 college football games, and we'll get into the 15 remaining NFL games, and we'll rock and roll, and we'll start it up right away with UMass against Toledo at the Glass Bowl. Right now, Toledo minus 28.5. 48 is the total. We use the Westgate Superbook lines. And uh, UMass, with Campiotti coming in from Brady for Brady Olson, my God, this is one of the worst performances I've seen from a combination of quarterbacks throwing the football Together, they were four four completions for 11, four of 11 for 17 total yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. Now, Campiotti did rush 17 times for 58 yards and their only touchdown in the 42-10 route against Tulane. Meanwhile, uh, for Toledo, Daquan Finn, no problem, 37-0 over LIU beating up on Long Island. Their team rushing 226-46 over uh, Long Island in, in a game that, you know, you look at some of these scheduled games, you're like, are you kidding me? Uh, Toledo, minus 28 and a half, 48. Brad, I, I can't take UMass. I know you took a shot at him against Tulane plus 28 and a half last week. Oh, but 31 and a half, and I still couldn't get there. Oh, my goodness, a half point loss. I lost those a lot kidding. of those last oh, week. Good Lord. Oof. All right, what about it? Can't bet it. Uh, Toledo offensively didn't look that great last week. Defensively, man, their front seven is going to shut down UMass. So if I had to bet it, even though it's a low total, under for me. All right. For Syracuse, they're at UConn. UConn now 1-1, one and one, getting the win against Central Connecticut State. They struggled offensively for a bit. Zion Turner still the guy. He's thrown for three touchdowns. He's uh, thrown for three interceptions so far. Nathan Carter on the ground has been outstanding. 313 yards, 7.2 yards per carry there for UConn. For Syracuse, uh, Garrett Schrader, he's ready to go. Sean Tucker at 100 yards and a touchdown. Plus, he had six receptions, 84 yards and a touchdown in the 31-7 route over Louisville. They were plus three in the turnover department. I was impressed with Syracuse's defense. My goodness, to shut Malik Cunningham down to a touchdown. Even if Louisville loses, you expect them to score points. Syracuse minus 23, 49 and a half against UConn. Bet the under on the openers. Connecticut's been running slower tempo. The, both their games have went under. Uh, Syracuse's defense coordinator, his name's Tony White. Keep an eye on that guy. I was very impressed. I saw in the spring game, uh, scheme-wise. Can't lay uh, the current number, though, on, on the cues. All right. Meanwhile, Kent State, Golden Flashes, your boy Colin Schley, struggled. Uh, 178, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, Cargman came in. He was no better. Uh, but Schley did rush for 47 yards. We'll see if he can get it together now as they have another tough place to go to, and that's Oklahoma with Dylan Gabriel coming off a 233-yard, two-touchdown, rushing touchdown performance as well in his debut with the Sooners. Eric Gray, the transfer from Tennessee, had a 102 on the ground, uh, 6.4 yards per carry, and uh, Braden Willis, three receptions for two touchdowns there, the tight end for Oki Grimes, two-and-a-half sacks from his defensive end position, and Oklahoma had six sacks against UTEP in the 45-13 win over the Miners. Meanwhile, for Kent State, uh, JoJo Evans, seven solo tackles from his safety position. That's good, but it's also bad that your leading tackler is your safety. That means running backs are getting into the secondary. Oklahoma minus 32.5, 72.5. I know it's crazy, but I like Kent State. Oh, wow. Uh, Oklahoma does have Nebraska on deck. Uh, under for me. Under for you, under 72.5. Oklahoma minus 32 and a half. There are 33s and 33 and a halfs out there. And now I see a 34 in a faraway place. Oklahoma. Just Maybe for, wait on that yeah, one. Maybe get 35, Yeah, KT. I might as well. I might as well wait for 35. KT, not 
the expert in closing line value that Brad Powers is, that's for sure. Eastern Michigan, UL Lafayette, Teller Powell, and Eastern Mish off a 271-yard passing performance, three touchdowns in the win, a close game against Eastern Kentucky, but they got it done 42-34. Evans on the ground had two touchdowns. Uh, knew the uh, receiver had two touchdowns as well. For UL Lafayette in the post-Billy Napier era, Chandler Fields, 173, two touchdown passes. Terrence Williams, 10 for 61 on the ground. And tight end Johnny Lumpkin had a couple touchdown receptions. They beat Southeast Louisiana 24 to 7 in this game. Eastern Michigan at UL Lafayette, Cajun Field. It is UL Lafayette minus 11 and a half, 56 and a half with rain in the forecast. Didn't bet side or total both teams. We're going to learn a lot because they both played FCS teams, and I wasn't really impressed with either one last week. Northern Illinois, remember, they're missing their. Leading uh, receiver for the year, just a big blow to Northern Illinois. Rocky Lombardi leads the way in the 34-27 win against Tony Romo and Jimmy Garoppolo's alma mater, Eastern Illinois. 34-27 the final there. Whaley and Brown on the ground combined for 153 and a couple touchdowns for Northern Illinois Huskies. For Tulsa, uh, just a, a miserable loss for Davis Brin. He threw for 460 and three touchdowns, no picks, but they lose 40-37 to at Wyoming in overtime. Uh, rushing the ball, that was a problem uh, 31 carries for 61 yards for Tulsa. And that takes into consideration a couple sacks there on Bryn. Uh, but receiving-wise, Juan Carlos Santana, Keelan Stokes, Malachi June, those guys, uh, they had 374 yards, 24 receptions, and three touchdowns. So the airways were open big time, but Tulsa couldn't get the win. Now the Golden Hurricane at home, minus 663.5 against Northern Illinois. Is Tulsa the right side? I think Tulsa's the right side. I haven't bet it yet, but if you had to bet it, Tulsa would be the pick. I agree with you there. Okay, Florida International, they've been a go-against, fortunate to beat uh, Bryant in overtime thirty by a point, 37, 36, 38, 37, one of those. Uh, Florida International comes a-calling to Texas State. Now, Texas State, Brad Powers had, what, an 11-point middle on that game? 12 and a half. 12 and a half point middle with the... Uh, just incredible to have Texas State from the opening line he got at the Circa to what came the final line against Nevada. Nevada off their win against Hawaii, but not an impressive game. And that line continued to move. But Texas State got whipped pretty good, 38-14 to by Nevada. Lane Hatcher, uh, the transfer from Arkansas State, uh, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Hawkins, 10 receptions, 96 yards, and a couple touchdowns. Uh, but they rushed for 25, 25 rushes for zero yards, mm. total of zero yards. They had 43 yards rushing, but 43 yards negative in the sack department. So that's scary right there for the Bobcats. But they're minus 14 even at the Westgate 64, the total. Can't lay 14. I mean, I laid 10.5 on the openers, even gave out Texas State to clients. Just can't lay the 14. Big reason why they got blown out in Nevada last week, minus four turnovers. Turnovers are everything. Brad Powers gave out Portland State. Should have won the game, like he said. How about Portland State? Had seven sacks on San Jose State. Lost a tough one, 21-17. And they were plus three in the turnover department. That's why they end up winning that game. Chavin Cordero, the transfer from Hawaii. How about 1.69 yards per carry as a team? He rushed for two touchdowns when they needed it, though, and he threw for 239 and another touchdown. San Jose State, they're at Auburn. T.J. Finley did not play well for the Tigers. Threw for 112, one touchdown, but two interceptions. So Robbie Ashford, the transfer from Oregon, came in and did a really nice job. Rushed for 68 on six carries, four for seven for 100 yards. Tank Bigsby, his usual productive self with 147 on the ground. 42-16, they beat Mercer, did not cover. Their junior linebacker, Cam Riley, had 16 tackles for the Tigers. Auburn, minus 23 and a half, 48 and a have is Auburn the right side you're going to have 100% rain there and that's the only concern for me because San Jose State's offense to me was a joke 
Uh, under for me. Uh, f- had to force bet. Auburn's got Penn State on deck. I don't think they go for margin. Georgia Southern. They are uh, Kyle Van Trees and company routing Morgan State. No big deal there. Green and white on the ground. Uh, Arnold, Arnold Green and White. Uh, One twenty nine four touchdowns there uh, for Georgia Southern. What was that? I said law firm. Arnold right, exactly. Green and white. Arnold Green and White. There you go. <laughs> At Nebraska, Casey Thompson uh, finding it late in the game against North Dakota to pull away but not get a cover. He's thrown for 548, three touchdowns, three picks on the year. Grant's been good on the ground, four touchdowns. And Palmer, uh, pretty solid receiver, has 12 receptions for 150. You're taking this one with Nebraska at home again. They are minus 23 and a half, 62 and a half. And I played Georgia Southern. I'm here to tell you, you probably should have waited, maybe get a 24. Uh, a lot of money coming in, hand over fist uh, on Nebraska. I don't get it. Georgia Southern's the right side. All right, USC minus eight now. This started at 10 and a half, 67 and a half. They're at Stanford. I know a very impressive win by SC on the scoreboard, 66-14 over Rice. Plus four in the turnover department, three pick sixes, and they also had four sacks, only gave up one to Rice. Meanwhile, Austin Jones, a transfer from Stanford, a couple touchdowns on the ground. Relic Brown, uh, two receptions for 40, rushed for 36 and a touchdown. Travis Dye, uh, you know, decent 50, 41 yards between receiving and rushing the ball. But then receiving-wise, Taj Washington, Jordan Addison, who had two touchdowns and Mario Williams all did their job ball was spread around nicely by Caleb Williams look Lincoln Riley's first trip to Stanford I know a lot of people are on the Cardinal uh, but to me Shaw's offense has been struggling of late the last few years now Tanner McKee quarterback threw for a couple touchdowns against Colgate though 41 to 10 they were minus three in the turnover department but they were plus three in the sack department in that game they don't turn it over a lot of people think they have a chance to beat USC Humphreys and Wilson pretty good nine receptions 170 and two touchdowns EJ Smith 118 and two on the ground. Your take, Stanford, plus eight, 67 and a half. Under at the current numbers for me. I mean, USC got three defensive touchdowns last week. I, You're right. I don't like Stanford's offense. It was a situation in the summer. I laid five with USC, took 11 and a half with Stanford. We're sitting at eight. I feel pretty good. There you go, right in the middle where you need to be. Oklahoma State in Stillwater against Arizona State. Herm Edwards and the boys coming in with Emory Jones, the transfer from Florida, who rushed for a couple touchdowns, threw for 152. The transfer from Wyoming's is Avian Valade, 116 and two touchdowns on the ground. And senior linebacker Merlin Robertson, 11 tackles to lead the D in the 40 to 3 route over NAU. Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders combined for six touchdowns, 406 via the airways, four touchdowns, rushed for two more against Central Michigan. Richardson on the ground had a touchdown, and Johnson and Presley combined for 11 receptions, 216 and a TD. Okie State, the Pokes at home, minus 1158 against ASU. Oklahoma State for me, love them. Uh, I think we're getting some line value because uh, one minute in the third quarter last week, it's Oklahoma State fifty-one fifteen. They keep the foot on the gas pedal. Uh, obviously, they would have you know crushed Central Michigan more than the final. So, and I, I don't trust Arizona State yet. Who they beat a tomato can? We'll we'll see what this inexperienced team has. There you go, Hawaii at Michigan. How about Michigan minus fifty-two at the Big House total is sixty-seven. Uh, Braden Shager. Uh, supposed to be able to go there for Hawaii, but of course, routes 63 to 10 loss at home to Vandy, 49 17 to Western Kentucky. Uh, they have struggled. Parson on the ground, and then Bryant Lalay on the ground, 85 yards and a touchdown last week. So he may uh, be the heir apparent there in the backfield. Cade McNamara, JJ McCarthy, both will get action. Mag- not McNamara, 9 of 18 and a touchdown. McCarthy rushed three times for 50 yards, four for four, 30 yards via the airways. Corum back in the backfield, 76 yards. Uh, Donovan Edwards at 64. Both guys got a touchdown and Roman Wilson had a touchdown two receptions they had seven sacks on Colorado State they were plus two in the turnover department Michigan at home 
minus 52, 67 against Hawaii. Largest point spread in the history of Michigan football. Uh, did not lay it, did not take it. Hawaii has fallen short of expectations, that being the point spread already by 60 points in two games, falling short of the spread. Can't bet Hawaii right now. At home in Blacksburg, head coach Brent Pry off that loss to ODU. Not good. Grant Wells, the transfer quarterback from Marshall, will try and lead the way. He had four interceptions last week, plus they had, of course, the fumble. So five turnovers for the Hokies in their loss. Boston College, uh, Jerkovic, three touchdowns, but two picks. How about Pat Garwood, the third? 14 carries for 25 yards. That is pathetic. Now, they also had 28 carries as a team for 29 total yards. That did include a couple sacks on Jerkovic. Zay Flowers was solid. Ten receptions, 109 and two. Uh, for Vatek, they're going to need uh, Keyshawn King to step up big. He had a big game with uh, three receptions for 111. Or, I'm sorry, uh, 111 on the ground, three receptions for 22 and a touchdown. But Vatek needs to hold on to the football. They're minus two and a half at home, 46 the total against BC. BC uh, for me, but I did bet plus three and a half, uh, plus five, plus three and a half, plus three was all good. Man, off a key number, not so much. But you got the better quarterback, more proven head coach. BC's the right play. Grant Wells. I mean, that's all he does is throw interceptions. You say oh, turnovers are random. They're not random with Grant Wells. That's all he did at Marshall, and that's what he did last week for Virginia Tech. All right, there we go. Meanwhile, New Mexico State and UTEP. Remember, these two teams, close proximity. Uh, Gavin Frakis, uh, now quarterbacking for New Mexico State. They still have Pavia, who's thrown three interceptions, has not thrown a touchdown, but he has rushed the ball a little bit. They lose, of course, to Nevada 23-12 to at home, then get routed 38 nothing by Minnesota. UTEP, Gavin Hardison and company coming back. From uh, from Norman after getting whipped 45-13 by Oklahoma and off the heels of the home loss 31-13 against North Texas when they got shut out at home in the second half. Uh, Tyron Smith, Ronaldo Flores have both been solid receiving the ball. Hardison's thrown for 537 and a touchdown, but they're only 2.2 yards per carry as a team. We'll see if they can get it together. The Miners at home, it's now up to 17 and a half, 47 the total from the Westgate. I bet New Mexico State plus 14. I'm a bum. Uh, I lean the Aggies, but obviously the market totally disagrees with me. There you go. And that's like uh, two out of every 25 that Brad Powers, the market disagrees with him. But that's why I love him because he's honest and he'll let you know what's there and he'll tweet out those tickets as well. Meanwhile, big one from Provo, Baylor at BYU, Cougs minus three, 53 and a half. Uh, Jaron Hall off the route over South Florida, 50 to 21. It was 38 nothing BYU with a minute to go in the first half before South Florida got on the board. Uh, Brooks, 13, carries 135 and a touchdown. Meanwhile, for Baylor, Blake Shapin uh, has got to play well. They played in as well as possible against Albany in the 69-10 route. Reese Jones and McWilliams on the ground did their part. Meanwhile, uh, Baldwin and Presley combined for seven receptions, 140. Baylor plus a field goal, 53 and a half. I think we might both be on the Big 12 team. Yeah, I like Baylor outright here. I know it's a unique travel spot, altitude and whatnot. Uh, BYU will be plenty excited. I just think Baylor's a better team. I think they're better up front on both sides of the line of scrimmage. That's where BYU usually gets after teams. I think Baylor has more speed on the outside, more length. they got a better head coach. I like that Grimes kind of knows Sataki from coaching under him as the offense, cor- as the offense coordinator. Yeah, I love Baylor. One of my favorite plays of the week. All right, my favorite play of the week last week, Oregon State. 
over mm. Boise State. The only bet that Ken Thompson and Brad Powers made on the air last week. Was that our bet? That oh was our God, bet. No wonder yeah, I got crushed. Yes, and in fact, oh, you you were man. the one. You look at Mark man. waving to you. He's waving to you. 24 nothing before you guys even woke up. 34-17 the final. I'll tell you what, that kid Coletto is a real old-time ball player. Yeah. He, he goes both ways. He had a nice touchdown that really solidified the game because Boise made a run at him and got within 10 but then Coletto busted and got the touchdown to make it 34-17. That's the way it ended. Uh, Fenwick and Martinez were okay on the ground. Musgrave, excellent tight end, had six receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Chance Nolan threw two touchdowns but two picks. Uh, Kyrie Fisher-Morris had 10 tackles there for the Beavs. Meanwhile, they're at Fresno State. Jake Hayner and company off the 35-7 win against Cal Poly Slow. He threw for 377 and three touchdowns, but not as impressed with Flor- uh, Fresno State in that game. Mims and Sherrod on the ground had 142 yards and a couple touchdowns between them. Now they only gave up one uh they only got one sack Fresno State and they gave up 3 to Cal Poly. That surprised me there. Uh Remigio coming over did a nice job. Nine receptions, 100 yards receiving then Jalen Marino Cropper. He's got the Marino in there now. It's not just Cropper. Seven receptions, 63 yards. Bailey and Langley had 12 tackles from their linebacker position. Your take on this one. Fresno State at Bulldog Stadium. Little extra rest going against the Beavs. Right now it's a pick 61 and a half from the Westgate. Saw a lot of money come in on the under. It's just a bad opener from Circa. Ugh, a tough game. I think it's to the wire. Uh, it's a plus three situation where I bet either side. I think Pickham's right around where the numbers should be. Uh, under for me, just a slight lean. A game we're going to learn a lot about both teams. There you go. In the final game, KT really made some good money on U of A last week. I was impressed. I didn't think they'd route San Diego State, but I did say I thought questions to Brady Hoke about Matt Ariza, the punter, and all that mm. stuff was distracting for San Diego State, but didn't much matter. Jaden Delora, 299, four touchdowns. Uh, Wiley was and uh, Williams on the ground combined for 109 and uh, touchdown. But Jacob Cowing, the transfer from UTEP, eight receptions, 152 and three touchdowns. Very impressive. Uh, Jerry Roberts had 12 tackles for U of A. Meanwhile, Mississippi State, after the lightning delay, Will Rogers threw for 450 and five touchdowns and a pick. Johnson and Marks on the ground, 103 and two touchdowns. And then the wide receivers, Thomas Ducking, Harvey, and Griffin, combining 18 receptions, 275 and three touchdowns. 49-23, they routed Memphis. How about senior linebacker Jet Johnson? 13 tackles to lead the way for the Bulldogs. They are minus 10.5, 57.5. It's a night game in Tucson. There could be rain there. That could be like monsoon wow. type stuff. So keep an eye on that. It's a late start, 8 o'clock. I'm on Arizona. I'm not just sold on the game against San Diego State. I re- expect, uh, I like the over too, because I think Arizona and Delora can move the ball. I liked him at Wazoo. I think this guy, if he gets a little time, can keep them inside that number against Mississippi State. But I respect SEC. I'll take the under. That can be our bet. What's the number at 57 right and a half. It's at 57 and a half? Uh, no, because I bet 63 already. We need a bet, though. Yeah, we do. We need, we to, need, we need to give you a chance to Man, redeem you know, yourself. Oh, you know what I'll do? I'll give you Kentucky. You like Kentucky. And you're going to take Florida? I'll take Florida. That I'll give six you, is fair. I'll All give right. You, okay. We'll take I that. I got Florida minus six. All right. Great stuff, Brad Powers. Mark Hoke, let me check with you time-wise as we jump over to the NFL. What do we got? Oh, we're good. Uh, we're, this is this is not like Ken Thompson and Brad Powers to get through the college slate that quickly in 45 games. But we got to remember, there's only 45 games next week. Forget about it. We're in a lot of trouble as uh, we've got to uh, go through what 55 games or whatever it is, Brad. Yeah, typically you're going to see 55 games each right. week. All right, so let's jump over to the NFL real quick. Your take on Buffalo. Uh, turned it over a few times, but Josh Allen couldn't be more impressive. I mean, I guess he could uh, if you take away the two picks. 
but they just dominated. Now, it was 10-10 at halftime, give the Rams credit, but second half, all Buffalo. What I liked, what I saw improvement-wise from Buffalo was Devin Singletary looks like a better running back, at least in that game. He looked like he had bursts of energy. He's got some competition there. You know, Cook coming in there, the youngster, and also Moss. But to me, Singletary solidified the starting job there. Uh, Love Gabriel Davis. Loved him last year. He comes off that four-touchdown, 220-yard performance against KC, but no one remembers it because they lost that game. Uh, And then Stephon Diggs looked like he was focused in, dialed in. That is big time. I think they'll miss Beasley a little bit. And, of course, they had the Matariza situation they had to deal with. But overall, I was very, very impressed. And Von Miller made a huge difference switching teams. I was going to say switching teams there. I thought, you know, Buffalo's defense really got after the Rams where they have six, seven sacks. So that was impressive to me. Number one, what I was looking at, you know, what does Buffalo's offense look like? Dable's off to the Giants. He was a former offense coordinator. Uh, Josh Allen looked sharp other than two picks, and one of them wasn't really even his fault. So if it wasn't for those couple turnovers early, I mean, it would have been a blowout from start to finish. And and I got to tell you, KT, I had the, the TV in the background. I was doing some college football stuff. I couldn't tell who was doing what. Like I was like, is that the Rams scoring? Because uh, I could hear the crowd. No, it was just Bills fans showing up. Yeah, no doubt. Bills Mafia there in a big way and uh, very, very impressive. And Ken Dorsey doing a nice job calling those plays there. Very impressed there for the Buffalo Bills. All right, Ravens and Jets. We know that uh, Zach Wilson will not start it. He'll miss the first few games. It is uh, Joe Flacco going against his old mates. Look, this Baltimore Ravens team, they got a lot to prove. They have Lamar Jackson. Uh, they've got some. You no, know, is is he going for sure? Right. I mean, I mean, I the contract a, dispute. Right. He said he yeah, wanted to get it done by with today. Like Aaron Donald and stuff. Uh, I mean, you just nah. I think he goes. Okay. No, I, I had seen something about Friday. Remember, yep. we're taping Friday morning. Assuming that Lamar Jackson plays, Baltimore's minus six and a half now. Forty-four and a half. Forty-four. The total six and a half. Forty-four. So money coming in on the Jets. Does somebody yep. know something? So I, off a of key number of seven. Yeah, that is a oh, that's that scary. is that is scary. And now I know a ton of people are going to tease the Ravens down to a you know minus a half and uh, tease them with maybe the Niners or something else down the line. Uh, the Jets at home, forty four is the total. Uh, this Jets team still a lot of question marks with Robert Sala uh, coming over from San Francisco. The receiving core: Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Braxton Berrios, uh, Denzel Mims has been whining. They do have Garrett Wilson, who's going to make his debut there. Michael Carter in the backfield with Brees Hall from Iowa State coming over as well. Sauce Gardner on the defense will help the secondary out of Cincinnati. The rookie. Your take on this one: the Jets at home against the Ravens. That Baltimore defense still as good as it gets, as far as I'm concerned. And Calais Campbell, the ancient wonder will be starting again at defensive end for Baltimore. Let's assume that he plays uh, six and a half, seven. It'll be the spread. I'm going to take Baltimore in that situation if Lamar Jackson plays. I, I just I trust Harbaugh in openers. He's 5-0, and 5-0 oh, and oh, oh straight up and against the spread the last five years. Lamar Jackson plays, I will have a lot of teasers tied to Baltimore at minus a half point. Uh, NFL, only four weather games last I saw. Uh, San Fran and Chicago, 71% chance of rain, six-mile-an-hour winds. Pittsburgh at Cincy, also 71% chance of rain, six-mile-an-hour wind. New England at Miami, 33% chance of rain, 11-mile-per-hour winds down there in South Beach. And New York Giants at Tennessee, 90 95% chance of rain, seven miles per hour. Everything else is A-OK, ready to roll. Uh, New Orleans Saints and Atlanta Falcons, KT with the Falcons win total over four and a half with his boy Marcus Mariota. But I also like the Saints win total over. I think Jameis Winston uh, could be on to something this year. Now, 
Uh, some key things there with New Orleans. Alvin Kamara has not been suspended. They say it may not even happen till next year. And also, Marcus May brandishing a gun at a uh, SUV full of girls. He's not suspended either. Uh, he's there, strong safety. Tyran Matthew comes over from KC at free safety. So they've got some players there. They do lose Armstead, the left tackle. So James Hurst steps in there from Baltimore. Uh, your take here with Atlanta Falcons, Cordero Patterson in the backfield, Marcus Mariota running the show, Drake London, their number one pick. One of the better tight ends, young tight ends, Kyle Pitts. If the offensive line holds their own, I think Atlanta is going to be a big surprise to a lot of people this year, including Brad Powers, who's going to have to pay off KT when Mariota takes that first snap oh, under center true. as the starting quarterback. Your take on this one, New Orleans minus 5.5, the total from Hotland. So I'll hedge. I'll double, I won't hedge. I'll double down. I'll take the Saints minus 5.5. You take Atlanta plus 5.5? No, I'm not taking that. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got the win total, 4.5. I'm right, good. Right, no, right. I'll just take my uh, – you know what? Not that I don't think Atlanta can hang in there, but I respect New Orleans, and uh, it's their first game for Dennis Allen. They're new coach as well. So it's a rivalry. Uh, if it was if it was six, I might look at it, but I'll stay off that one for now. I think we, it goes to six. Well, I think we get we get our our head to head play right here. Okay, Dolphins minus three no. and a half against New England, forty six and a half. You're a Belichick diehard. You love Belichick. Uh, you got Aguilar. Here's the key for New England, as far as I'm concerned, receiving wise, is Devontae Parker, the guy that Miami kind of forgot about after they acquired Tyree Kill because they went out and got Cedric Wilson as well. Devontae Parker then bolts for New England. Uh, Damian Harris. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson in the backfield. I want to see what they can do without James White, their key receiver out of the backfield. I do like Chase Edmonds coming over to Miami from Arizona, but really Cedric Wilson, Tyreek Hill, but the big acquisition, Teron Armstead, the left tackle, coming over from New Orleans. I think two is 100%. I like Kosicki, the tight end. I think two has been playing hurt the last couple years. You do have Teddy Bridgewater as a nice security blanket, and I think Miami's offense is going to be one of the best in the NFL. I've got them ticketed for minimum 10 wins this year. (laughs) Miami, I've got them everybody else like new england earlier now the money's on the fish minus three and a half 46 and a half yep i'm wrong again i bet new england plus three a couple months ago i'm wrong dead ticket come on now this feeling sorry for himself mark do you are you you getting all this stuff i mean can we put this in the his ticket's gonna win look at you got mark hoke on your side Oh, uh, no. Yeah, right. That, that'll about end Another that ticket. Thing, New so. England's only covered two of their last 10 trips to Miami. They and never play well there. Tua has not lost in three games against New England. Uh, Browns and Panthers down to a pick em. Uh Injury for Cleveland. I, I mean, for Carolina initially was uh, thought McCaffrey could miss, but last I heard he was going to play against the Browns. It's a pick 42. Now, the Browns, they don't have Deshaun Watson. Brissett's not a bad quarterback, and they have a great ground game with Chubb, Hunt, and Darius Johnson. Uh, David Bell, the youngster out of Purdue, we liked him. Amari Cooper comes over. Good, solid offensive line. Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, they're going to get pressure on their old mate there in uh, Baker Mayfield. But something just tells me Carolina's going to find a way to win that game. But I'm staying away right now, Brad. 42 is a total in a pick game from Carolina. I think Cleveland's the sharper side. I think we saw some not only Cleveland money on the point spread a couple of days ago, but teaser protection because a lot of people are taking Cleveland plus seven and a half on a low total. But now, I mean, you don't want to tease them up to six. So lean Cleveland for me. Mitch Trubisky's the captain and starting quarterback for the Steelers. Bengals minus six and a half. Zach Taylor's boys that got to the Super Bowl last year going to try and have another good year. 44 and a half is the total. We know the receiving core with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, pretty exceptional. Uh, Hayden Hurst, pretty good tight end. Joe Burrow, 
Love the guy. Joe Mixon, pretty solid out of the backfield. Defensively, they do their own job. They hold their own. Pittsburgh, nice contract extension for Minka Fitzpatrick, the free safety. I think the defense keeps Pittsburgh in a lot of games. If Mitch doesn't turn it over, and I like him more than most people do, Najee Harris will be the workhorse again out of the backfield. But you've got Brad's guy from Notre Dame, Chase Claypool. I just think Pittsburgh's going to be better than people think. Mike Tomlin will have him ready. If it gets to seven, I'll play Pittsburgh. 44 and a half is the total, but I like Pittsburgh over their win total. I like Pittsburgh in this game. What is it, six, six and a half? Six and a half right yeah, now. Yeah, I love Pittsburgh. In fact, if you ask me right now, looking at the board, side or total, what's your favorite pick for NFL uh, coming up this weekend? Pittsburgh's All right, so, six and a half. So, so, like me, do you like Trubisky? I don't. <laughs> I don't think he's that big. I don't think he's a downgrade from what uh, Pittsburgh had last year at quarterback. Big Ben, I mean, couldn't do anything. So that's probably some mispricing there. I also like Pittsburgh when they have a chip on their shoulder Look, and when, Tomlin's money. When he played for the Bears, again, same thing Justin Fields is going through. No skill position players really yeah. to talk about. And he's got a few guys to throw to. He's got a guy he can turn around and hand it off to. So I actually think Pittsburgh's live. Yeah. I wouldn't be a bit surprised they win the game. I agree with you. 49ers and Bears. A lot of teaser money will be on the 49ers uh, at 7. Even money if you lay the 7 there at the Westgate with the Niners at the Bears. Windy City, 40.5 is your total. Remember some rain coming into play. 71% chance of rain in that game at Soldier Field. David Montgomery out of the backfield, pretty good. Uh, also, uh, Aquanomius uh, St. Brown, we know that he's a pretty good receiver. Mooney, uh, Byron Pringle was probable last I saw for San Francisco. I like Debo Samuel a lot. I'm a big Debo Samuel fan. I love Juszczyk, one of my favorite, in fact, probably my favorite fullback uh, that's really not built like a fullback. He's more like a back with a little bit of size, but he's got good speed for a fullback. They should sneak him out of the backfield all day. I'm not sold on Mark Hoke's guy, Trey Lance. Show me you can do it, Trey Lance. you got this starting reign, but Jimmy Garoppolo's still there for a reason. We'll see what happens. Defensive line is going to pressure uh, Justin Fields, I believe, pretty much all day because when you've got Kinlaw and Armstead and Nick Bosa, my goodness, they're going to be all over him and Fred Warner from his linebacker position. 49ers minus 7, 40 and a half from Chicago. Low total, but I'm going under with the weather. Two young quarterbacks, conservative game plans. Give me the under. All right, weather won't be a problem. It will be raining in Detroit, but they're indoors. And the Lions, plus four and a half now as Mark Hoke's Eagles get a little money today. 48 and a half is the total. Jared Goff and company. DeAndre Swift, I do like him out of the backfield. They have Jamal Williams as well, who played with Green Bay for a while. Uh, DJ Shark, uh, Josh Reynolds, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, so Detroit's got some weapons on the defensive side of the ball. Can Aiden Hutchinson, Michael Brockers, can those guys get pressure on opposing quarterbacks? Philadelphia, you know what? Jalen Hurts is maturing into a good quarterback. And what a good security blanket with Gardner Minshew as your backup. A.J. Brown coming over from Tennessee, their big acquisition, takes pressure off Devontae Smith. I like this Philly team on paper anyway. Miles Sanders leading the way in the backfield. Defense should be pretty good. Darius Slay, the right corner from Detroit. Excellent. Your take on Philly. A lot of people have them to win the NFC East. They are minus 4.5, 48.5 at Detroit against the uh, hard knocks. Dan Campbell-led <laughs> Lions. I'm going to lay it with Philly. Uh, for what was uh, pretty enticing, and we've seen some money coming on Philly. I just think that Detroit got too much goodwill for being on hard knocks. They still got a below-average head coach. And an average at best, if not below average, quarterback. There you go from Brad Powers. And by the way, folks, Brad is big-time college football. You know that. Uh, but I will tell you, over the last five years, he has been outstanding NFL, BP. I mean, yeah, better record I, in the yeah, NFL. Me too. 
I mean, as much as we love I couldn't tell you as much about each team, but I can read markets, and I rely on people that I really trust. There you go. Well, I rely on myself, and uh, and I enjoy doing the show with you. And I go back, and I listen to the archive as well prior to kickoff on Saturdays because sometimes when we're talking between us, I don't pick up everything that you're saying because you're going into it, and I'm concentrating on what I'm going to do you know, for the next game. But a lot of great information, folks, and we'll continue to bring it to you on the Friday Football Fiasco right here live, PSBR Law Studios. And we thank Mark Hoke, our producer, for getting up early and coming in and uh, enjoying some Dunkin' Donuts as his payday. Uh, for the Friday football fiasco. All right, as he signals me from behind the glass with a nice little uh, gang sign that he's throwing at me. Great stuff from Mark Oak. All right, Colts and Texans. Colts, last time we saw them, losers at Jacksonville, cost him a playoff spot. But that team now is run by a different quarterback. Wentz is out. Matt Ryan is in. We know running back-wise, Jonathan Taylor, the youngster, is one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL. Uh, Pittman Jr., you bring in Alec Pierce. You got Paris Campbell. Uh, there's some weapons there. Offensive line, we know, is very solid. Defensively, they're pretty good as well. And they're going to take on a Houston team led by Davis Mills, the Stanford kid, who wasn't bad last year. And I really thought Houston played with a lot of heart in the second half of the season. I uh, was surprised they made a coaching move, but they did. And Lovey Smith is back at the helm in this game. The Texans at home, plus seven even at the Westgate, 45-and-a-half your total, Brad. I'm going to go over the total. Sharp Money came in on it. Guys, I trust uh, like the over, believe it or not. Can't bet Indy. They've lost eight consecutive season openers. That's amazing to me. Wow, that is it. Don't go against that streak, right? We hear that a lot when it gets to a certain number. Jaguars, uh, the team that ended the cold season last year at home, they are going to take on the Washington Commanders. That's right. When the Commanders play Kansas City, it'll be the Commanders and Chiefs. Right, got to get that in there. Uh, Jaguars and Commanders. Commanders at home, minus two and a half. 44 the total, and a Washington team that's a little bit banged up, but uh, Carson Wentz leading the way. Now, Heineke's a backup, so not a bad backup there. They do have Sam Howell on the roster as well, the North Carolina kid. Uh, Jahan Dotson coming over from Penn State, like this kid a lot. Uh, McLaurin, that'll take some pressure off Terry and uh, Curtis Samuel. You got three guys that should be able to put up some numbers if the time is there for Washington to throw that football defensively. They're without Chase Young for the first four. That hurts, but they still have a pretty good defense. And I like Montez Sweat a lot. Uh, He's a catalyst, no doubt, on that defensive line. For Jacksonville, finally some weapons for Trevor Lawrence with Marvin Jones Jr., Zay Jones coming over from the Raiders, and Christian Kirk coming over from the Cardinals. Travis Etienne, Clemson guy, going over to help his former Clemson guy, Trevor Lawrence. Your take on this one, Jags, plus 2.5, 40 for the total. In D.C. So I'll make a prediction. This will be the least amount of handle on any NFL game on Sunday. I mean, the interest in this one is big. Not. Uh, Jacksonville on a teaser up to eight and a half. That's there you it. Go. All right. Speaking of those Chiefs, minus six in Arizona, 53 and a half. High total there. Second highest or the highest total. I'm sorry. Raiders is the second highest. Uh, highest total there. Cardinals. And the Chiefs, 53-and-a-half. Again, the Chiefs favored by six in this one. Uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown coming over from Baltimore. Now, they did lose, you know, some key players, including Chandler Jones on defense. That was a major loss for Arizona on the defensive side of the ball. J.J. Watt seems to be in good shape. They've got some players. They did get Trayvon Mullen, the left cornerback from the Raiders. And Buda Baker, one of my favorite players on defense in the league. Love that guy. He is a true catalyst. Can he help get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, who will start the after Tyreek Hill era. No Tyreek Hill. Benefit for Miami, a loss for KC. But Juju Smith-Schuster, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Miko Hardman, good speed there. 
what can these guys do? You bring in Sky Moore also, second-round pick, Justin Watson. So they have some potential there. And Orlando Brown, left tackle, really a big move last year to anchor that offensive line. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Jarek McKinnon, and Isaiah Pacheco, the kid out of Rutgers making the squad. Ronald Jones relegated to the four-string uh, back right now. Travis Kelsey, we know, is all-world. We'll see how good Mahomes is without Tyreek Hill. I still think he'll be good, but maybe not the same explosive offense. We'll wait and see. Defense pretty good as well, led by Frank Clark and company. Your take on this one, Chiefs minus six, 53 and a half. I think it's too many points. I agree with that. Huge move here. We saw, in fact, in the last couple of days, I mean, the Chiefs took a, a ton of money. Uh, I reached out to some of my NFL guys, injury report, Arizona. Marcus Golden, serious toe injury, Mullen, toe injury, Ertz battling an ankle, J.J. Watt, COVID, Antonio Hamilton, projected number two corner, cooking accident, uh, Pugh had a neck problem, Ronald Moore battling an injury, J. Uh, Watt, in addition to COVID, was uh, dealing with a calf injury, so uh, that's why we saw money. But that being said, too many points, plus six for me. Can Rondale Moore ever stay healthy? No, he's done. Had that one good freshman season against Purdue, just, I don't know. Such a talent, man. But to see this guy just continuously, college and pro, just banged up all the time. Again, he'll try and give it a go, but we'll see what happens. Meanwhile, big-time game, Raiders and Chargers. Silver and Black State report will start next week. Uh, I'll see if the guys want to do it on Monday, but Tuesday uh, we'll for sure have it and got a new opening for that. Raiders are plus three and a half, total of 52. Look, Derek Carr stays healthy. He's got the weapons with Devontae Adams coming over. I like Mac Hollins a lot. He looked outstanding in practice. Hunter Renfro doesn't drop a ball. Uh, you've got Josh Jacobs looking solid. Zamir White, the rookie out of Georgia. Brandon Bolden comes over, knows the system for Josh McDaniels. Abdullah, Amir Abdullah, excellent receiver out of the backfield, and he'll be a kickoff returner as well. Now, the offensive line. It's uh, Colton Miller and everybody else, right? John Simpson, left guard, Andre James, uh, center. Lester Cotton, senior, who really improved as that right guard. And then Jermaine Illuminor, uh, backed up by the seven-round pick out of Ohio State there in Munford, uh, leading the way there for the Raiders. On the defense, though, I expect a lot of pressure from Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, that combination. Nate Hobbs jumps in left corner for Trayvon Mullen. Jonathan Abram, Trayvon Merrig, Rocky Yassine, and Amik Robertson. I think they're going to be much improved in Denzel Perryman, the tackling machine. Raiders at the Chargers. Now, the Chargers will be missing a key acquisition. J.C. Jackson will miss this game. Uh, he will be back in a couple weeks. Sustained an injury a couple weeks ago in practice. Meanwhile, uh, the Chargers, they do have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, two of the better receivers. Excellent offensive line. Austin Eckler, the dual threat. Another guy, can he stay healthy? We know Justin Herbert's durable. He's backed up by Chase Daniel, the defense with Joey Bosa leading the way. I mean, Sebastian Joseph Day comes over from the Rams. Khalil Mack comes over from the Bears. This defense is solid, but the uh, loss of J.C. Jackson may help the Raiders as far as against that secondary. Chargers minus three and a half, 52 the total. It's a bigger game for the Chargers because they have to go to KC on Thursday. What about it, Brad? I'm actually going to lean with the Chargers in this one. I know you probably are taking the Raiders' side. I just think it's a good spot for Oh, wow. Okay, that says a lot. I'm going to bet the Chargers then. If you're not Mr. Pro Raiders in this matchup, then I think the Chargers are the right side. Just more to play for, more urgency, revenge for what happened at the end of last season's game. So, Chargers. There's certain games that you want to see what happens. My thing, again, with the offensive line, I want to see Derek Carr get outside the tackle box a couple times to give himself that run-pass option and keep a defense like the Chargers honest, a team that continuously pressures Derek Carr when he's back in the pocket. I love Derek. I think his the way he threw the football in practice in the scrimmages was as accurate as I've ever seen him. I mean, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, if they drop two passes between them, 
just during practice, I'll be shocked because I don't remember seeing them. That's how these guys play, like they practice. And so that's why I think the Raiders are dangerous. It's a big-time game. Raiders' first five out of the gate are going to be tough. They've got to come out, I think, three and two, and that'll set them up for another playoff run. Chargers getting snubbed by the Raiders last year to make the postseason. They'll be focused. Can they get better coaching from Staley, the young kid? We'll wait and see. Minnesota at Green Bay, or Green Bay at Minnesota. This is a huge game for the Vikings, huge game. Now, I know, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams, people are going to say, hey, he lost his, his main guy. But he got Sammy Watkins over there. Alan Lazard, I think, is a really good receiver. Randall Cobb, yes, he's long in the tooth, no question. Uh, tight end-wise, uh, Mercedes Lewis, that guy's like in his 30th year. Unbelievable out of UCLA. Uh, but I do love the running back combination. One of the best in the NFL and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Defensively, the loss of Zadarius Smith. Not only did the Packers lose him, but the Vikings gain him. I think that's a huge acquisition. See if it comes into play in this game. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, what a combination there. Uh, tight end-wise, Irv Smith Jr.'s got to step up. Dalvin Cook, can he stay healthy? That is key for Kirk Cousins. This is a good one. This is one that I look at Minnesota on a teaser. Uh, Vikings yep. plus seven and a half. Forty-six and a half is your total for Minnesota. So hard to bet against Rodgers, but I'm going to tease Minnesota up over a touchdown. That would be my favorite teaser option uh, on Sunday at the current line. So if you find another leg to it, maybe Jacksonville if you can stomach Baltimore. it. Baltimore. Down? Baltimore I, to a yeah. pick. Baltimore to a pick. They just got to win the game against the That's Jets. That's not through seven or three, KT. I mean, seven's gone, so I... But I'm taking it down to where I just have to win the game. I can't... Is Lamar Jackson playing? I mean, well, that's that, that's what we're saying. I mean, right. if he's playing, I'm playing. I'm playing Baltimore on right, a teaser, fair enough. and I'll tie them right there to the I'm Vikings. I'm not making that bet. I prefer teasing up instead of down. Okay, well, I like taking a team if they're <laughs> at seven down to one, or six and a half down to a half, to where the only way I lose is if the game ends in a tie. So I'm fair okay enough. with that. Uh, move on down to the next game. What do we got? About six minutes, Mark. Mark Hoke giving me the uh, the signal now. He's trying to figure it out, and. Eight minutes. We're ahead of schedule. My goodness, we got to slow down. Uh, Tennessee <laughs> and the Giants in Nashville. Uh, Tennessee, a banged-up team, and, of course, trading A.J. Brown to Philadelphia. But they did acquire Robert Woods, who comes over after being injured but was a member of that Ram team and was having a really good year last year. Uh, meanwhile, Derrick Henry back intact. I like Ryan Tannehill. People knock on him. I think Malik Willis will be a good quarterback when he gets his opportunity, but it's Tannehill's team now. Defensively, Tennessee always pretty good. Giants come in. Daniel Jones, it's put up or shut up or you'll be out of town. Uh, Saquon Barkley, same thing. They've got to do something. Giants are picked by everybody to come last in the NFC East. They've got Kenny Galladay. Can Gadarius Tony stay healthy there? The kid out of Florida. He's got potential. Wandale Robinson coming over he's got potential second round pick as well Giants on defense Thibodeau he's the guy that they've got to uh, get dividends paid from and he got banged up in practice I don't know if he'll be able to go in this one it is the Giants and Titans Titans in Nashville minus five and a half 44 the total a lot of rain expected under uh that sounds good to me I'm not sure that Dable has the right pieces on offense uh especially a quarterback obviously Vrabel can be conservative sometimes on offense I also think Tennessee's the right side but uh you know prefer with that weather forecast the under KT all right Dallas and Tampa Sunday night football Brady and the boys even though he missed 11 days of practice two and a half point favorites at Dallas 50 and a half can the Dallas defense get in on Brady I mean this offensive line for Tampa Bay, compared to what it looked like going into the offseason, compared to what it is now, is night and day. Brady, though, he's got that little clock in his head that tells him, get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. And the guy very rarely, if ever, gets blindsided. Can Dallas and Demarcus Lawrence, can they get pressure 
we'll wait and see how they fare. But uh, I like Leighton Vander Esch as well. I think he's going to get in there on Brady. I think Dallas is going to win this game. Now, I like CeeDee oh, wow. Lamb. I like Michael Gallup if he's healthy, but I love Dalton Schultz. He's one of my favorite tight ends in the game, and Dak Prescott's fine uh, regardless whether he was wearing the wrong cleats and tweaked his ankle a little bit. Tampa Bay, they've got Evans. Godwin may miss. He's a game-time decision for the Buccaneers. Keep an eye on that. Leonard Fournette, very solid. But KT is going to take Dallas on the money line to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday night football. Bucks minus 2.5, 50.5, Brad. All right, I'll take Tampa on the money line. Okay. So whatever fair prices are, that's our bet. There you go. That's what it is. All right, so you got Brady. You sure you don't want Belichick and Brady just to give yourself the (laughs) little parlay? Old old habits die hard, man. I know. It's okay. Okay, so that's where you're going on that one. That leaves us the Monday night game, uh, which could be another teaser if you like Russell Wilson and the Seahawks down to a half point at Seattle, 44-and-a-half. A lot of pressure on Russell Wilson going in there to win this one because, you know, he left. He's going to Denver. He's got some good receivers. He did lose Tim Patrick, but still, Sutton, pretty solid. Jerry Judy, and the Penn State kid that Mark Hoke loves, K.J. Hamler. I like Hamler as well. Meanwhile, uh, you look at the defense for Denver, bringing in Randy Gregory. I like that move. As long as this guy stays out of trouble off the field, you have Pat Sertain the second. I like him as well. Ronald Darby's pretty underrated guy as well in that secondary. And my main man from Iowa, back in the day, just love this guy. The reason he makes it is hard work, great work ethic. Talking about Josie Jewell, he's a tackling machine wherever he goes. Seattle, on the other hand, led by Geno Smith. That's all I need to know. Geno Smith's leading Seattle. Russell Wilson's leading Denver. I'm all over Denver. I'll take it. Now, I do respect Metcalf and Lockett. Outstanding. And Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny, the uh, youngster uh, in the backfield, very, very good. They'll need more from Kenneth Walker the third uh, at Michigan State to see if he can help out that running game. Seattle at home, 12th man. They'll come into play. But I think Denver pulls away and wins it by double digits. Denver oh, wow. minus six and a half, 44 and a half at Seattle. I'm going to lean under. Uh, if it goes to seven, I'm going to take Seattle plus seven. I think that Denver's getting too much love. Uh, I think Seattle will be up. Pete Carroll's a rah-rah guy. This might be that one performance where you're like, at the end of the year, you're like, how in the heck did Seattle compete with Denver? But I think this might be it. How about the bet that it goes to seven? I'll bet you it goes to seven. I think it goes to seven. That's okay. why I'm waiting for, for Seattle. I'll bet seven on game day. Uh, I think that, that, that'll be available. There so you that's go. what I'll bet. I'm telling you, you right bet now. that? Yeah, if it goes to seven. Uh, I'll take Seattle plus so seven, you lay seven. Yeah, nah, yeah because then I'm go. getting the worst of the number, man. And when you were mentioning Under old school up. Iowa, yeah, by, back in the day, Iowa, I thought you were going to like name drop Chuck Long, Tim Dwight Chuck or Long. something. Oh, Tim Dwight, the punt yeah. returner. He was great, man. Yeah. I love that guy. Receiver <laughs> and punt returner, that little guy. Yeah, he could go at a great speed. All right, so, uh, Brad, your best bet in the pros? Pittsburgh, plus six and a half. And your best bet in the college? Tennessee, minus six. And then our bet is Kentucky plus six. You yep. have Kentucky. I've got Florida in the swamp. And then the pros, what did we uh, What did we go out on the pros? We had a game. The money line, Tampa Bay, Dallas. There I it got... is. Money line, Tampa and Bay, you Dallas. tell me what plus what. Yeah, plus that's, what? That's, that's fine. I'll just put it on your tab after Mariota oh, takes I got that. A big tab. Mariota takes that first snap. The Raiders win total the last two years. I mean, but there were several years before that that I ran a tab for you. I mean, that you ran a tab for me uh, in, in a bunch of our, our plays. I think we both got the best of R.J. Bell. We're still waiting for that money. Yep. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> little FYI out there. Have a little fun. Uh, Fez will collect that for us, of course, uh, this week, and we'll have that. And uh, great stuff on this uh, Friday football fiasco. Mark Hoke, his Eagles in action. Mark, they gonna are they going to win this, uh, this game? They're going to cover the four and a half? All right. All right. So we'll, we'll put that bet down between you and Chris Wynn. Uh, see, Wynn, you got no choice. You're on your Lions uh, plus the four and a half. 
What do we got left, Mark? A minute or two? Two minutes. Good stuff. All right, Brad. So uh, good to get a little bit of time at the end. Let everybody know about the two ways they can get your plays because you've got the regular package and they'll get your newsletter and your plays, but then you've got the VIP package. And to me, this is key. It's well worth it. If you break it down, it's a drop in the bucket if you're trying to make money. Yeah, so the newsletter is for smaller bettors. If you just want once once a week update, I write up every single game. I mean, we go through the games. I write them up, uh, a lot of the information we cover here, but also my top plays of the week. That gets emailed each and every Wednesday. It's my top plays of the week in a moment of time on Wednesday afternoon. VIP is different. If you want picks all throughout the week, Sunday night, Monday night, whenever news breaks, whatever, that's the VIP service. So I'm always texting out plays. Mediacy is key with that one. Lines will move throughout the week. Lines will move within minutes of those picks going out. So that's what the VIP is. What about the VIP? Does it include any in-game stuff? It will eventually. Uh, I am so involved in some of these early week games that I'm not really paying attention. to. to I am paying attention to in-game, but I'm not willing to give it out yet. All right, so Brad Powers, remember, 8 a.m. Pacific time on covers. Have your accounts ready. Be ready to roll because when he gives out those plays, they will move. Now, if you're on the newsletter and you're on the VIP, you may be able to beat even that. Yeah, newsletter still. I mean, I'll just give you an example. I mean, Baylor was plus three and a half. It's now plus three. Texas Tech on the newsletter is minus three. They're now minus four. So, I mean, you still get closing line value with the newsletter. All right, that'll do it for us. A Friday football fiasco in the bank. Hoke and Fish on Monday night. KT back on Tuesday. Till then, you know the rules. No drinking and driving. No texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas Sports 6 Radio, 101.5 on that FM side, 720 on the AM side. KDWN. Remember, the archives go up at 11 o'clock. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. I'm Ken Thompson for Brad Powers, for Mark Hoke. Folks, have a great weekend. God bless. Talk to you on Tuesday. Good night, everybody.